Have you ever heard people telling you to just be yourself and thought, okay, sure, but who is that? Between all of the things that I want and all of the different ways I show up with different people and in different situations, how do I determine which one of these is the real me? All this great stuff starts happening when you learn how to show up as the authentic you. Confidence and access to your deepest talents, finding the people who will appreciate you the most. But how are you supposed to get to this totally authentic state? I spent so long being really confused by the advice to just be myself. And if you're the same, this is the episode for you. Because today I'm going to be telling you the secret to figuring out how to show up as the real you. And I'll show you the connection that secret has with the seven traditional planets in your birth chart. Stay tuned. This is True Self, a podcast about finding out who you really are using the language of astrology. I'm Laura Sweat. So my first big discovery about how to show up as the authentic me happened in therapy many, many years ago when I was trying to deal with my procrastination problem. So I went into my therapist's office and I was really, really upset with myself because I had a project that I had put off and put off and put off and it was about to blow up in my face and I was so frustrated with myself and I was just like, you know, I don't understand why I'm doing this to myself. Like I'm making myself miserable and I just won't work on this thing that I know I need to do. I don't understand what's wrong with me. And my therapist said, do you trust me? And I said, yes. And he said, I want you to try an exercise and it's going to feel really, really weird, but it's definitely going to help you with this problem. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And he set up a chair across from me and he said, I want you to speak to this chair as if the part of you that is preventing you from working on this project is sitting in the chair. And I want you to tell that part of you how you feel. So I like got through my self-consciousness and I told the chair how I was feeling. And I was like, you know, I just feel like you want to torture me. Like you must hate me. Like, why are you self-sabotaging? Why are you sabotaging me? self, like, you know, just really kind of went through all of my um, complaints with myself. And then he was like, okay, now you're going to switch chairs and you're going to speak back to yourself as the part of you that's preventing you from moving forward. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I sat in the other chair I once again had to really move through that self-consciousness. It was very challenging. Um, And because my therapist had taught me how to kind of tap into where certain feelings were in my body, I used that technique to kind of locate the feeling in my body and then speak from it. It was very challenging, but I, I got to it. And I was so surprised by 
what came out when I was sitting in that other chair. Basically, that part of me that was coming into play whenever I was procrastinating felt very, very bullied. And it pointed out, and of course this is me, right? But I pointed out to myself that I was very mean to myself and that I was constantly just like ignoring my needs when I had a project and just like, you know, saying all these mean things to myself and forcing myself to like work in ways that like didn't take care of my body. And I was mad at myself. Like that part of me that was shutting down was shutting down because it was like, you know, you're not going to treat me this way, you being myself. And so that was really surprising to me because it was wise in a way that I hadn't anticipated. I thought that the part of me that caused me to procrastinate must be an asshole. But then I realized through this exercise that actually it was the conscious part of me that was the asshole. And the, the part of me that was creating the resistance to doing the project was actually the part of me that was like, hey, asshole, you're not going to treat me like this. Like that was what was happening. And I'm very aware as I'm speaking into a microphone about this internal process that this sounds so wild to like normal person ears, but it really is not uh, that unusual in therapy, in psychology to work with this model of multiple selves so that you can identify where one motivation is coming from, where another motivation is coming from, and how those two parts might come to some kind of reconciliation. I mean, when you think about it, this kind of multiple motivation issue is coming up constantly in life. It's the source of conflict in our lives, right? Where your alarm goes off in the morning and part of you is like, I want to get up on time because I said I was going to work out before work. And part of you is like, I want to stay in bed. And you can either negotiate between those two parts of yourself or you can ignore one of them. And maybe it starts to rebel, like the part of me had started to rebel or whatever. But you have multiple motivations and both of them are valid and both of them are you. So this brings us to the secret to showing up as the authentic you that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Finding authenticity isn't about finding your one true self. It's about figuring out how to honor all of yourselves and bring them together to work toward a common goal. It's like instead of being a single entity, you're more of a council, and your job is to get that council working together instead of fighting each other. And when you do that, you land at authenticity. You land at the real because you have honored each part of yourself. You've listened to it, you've worked through it, and you know what the final decision is. There is a beautiful reflection of this inner council in the planets of your birth chart. The planets in your birth chart represent the parts of you. And contemplating the planets in your birth chart is a really lovely way to come into contact with your own multiplicity and not only the conflicts that might exist within your personality, but also the harmonies the rhythms, the tensions, the way these different parts of self relate to one another. So today, I'm going to introduce you to seven parts of self you can locate in your birth chart. 
These are the traditional planets of ancient astrology, technically five planets plus the sun and the moon. They are what is visible in the sky above us with the naked eye. So let's get into it. I'm going to start with the planet, the traditional planet that is the furthest away from us and also the one that is the hardest to deal with. This is the part of you that knows you are going to die. It is called Saturn. Saturn holds your awareness of your own mortality. Often that awareness goes unconscious, right? People have a really hard time a lot of the time holding awareness of their death. But the more you make friends with your own death and your own mortality, the more you make friends with Saturn. And honestly, the better life gets. Saturn is the planet that holds material reality, the planet that has kind of given birth to material reality in some sense. That's a deeper concept we may discuss later in a Saturn episode. But when you really understand that you live in a mortal body that has limits, that is going to die, you start to open up to the pleasures of life much more deeply. And that's what Saturn holds. The part of you that knows you're going to die. Saturn. The part of you that knows you are actually a spiritual being and that you're totally infinite is called Jupiter. So you can already hear that we have conflict. Every single one of us has conflict because we both have, we all have Saturn in our charts and we all have Jupiter in our charts. So Jupiter knows that you are an infinite spiritual being and it's constantly trying to remind you of that. Of course, it's bumping around in this material universe, this mortal plane. So there are challenges to thinking of yourself as an infinite being in a mortal plane. But if you're in a very Jupiter mode, you're going to be celebrating, learning, traveling, growing, drinking a lot, eating a lot, doing a lot of fun drugs. Um, This is a way to remind yourself of your infinity and it's joyful and celebratory and generous and all of those wonderful things. But of course, you live in a mortal body, so it can get out of control. So that's it. Jupiter is like the image of God or the image of your own divinity, your awareness of your limitlessness. So next in order would be Mars, but let's talk about Venus first and then we'll go back to Mars because I understand Mars in relationship to Venus. So Venus is the part of you that enjoys being alive. So with Saturn, you had you are forced into mortality. And with Venus, you have, isn't mortality beautiful? The full enjoyment of mortality. So this is earthly pleasures. It's food and it's definitely sex. And it's also sunsets and snuggly kittens and just all the wonderful things about having a body and being alive and being in this mortal form. So Where Jupiter and Saturn are not friends, because Saturn is, hey, you have limits, and Jupiter is, but actually you don't, and so they don't really get along, Saturn and Venus really kind of are friends, because Saturn is saying, you have limits, and Venus is saying, isn't that gorgeous? Like, isn't that perfect? Isn't that beauty? Isn't that the nature of beauty, to be limited? That's what Venus is doing. Uh, Venus in your chart definitely holds your relationships and the way that you 
enter into intimate relationship. And the center of that is enjoyment and pleasure. That's what she holds. So now let's go back to Mars. Mars is the part of you that protects you. Mars is your survival instinct. It definitely holds your fight or flight. It's going to show you how you stand up for yourself, how you protect your boundaries. And it's also going to show you how you take action uh, because that just kind of falls into the Mars category of things to do. Mars is like um, the act of severing something. So making a decision is deciding that a bunch of other possibilities are going to die. Therefore, it is a Martian activity. Um, Deciding to fight someone (laughs) is part of your survival instinct. That's a Martian activity. So you need your Mars because you are in a mortal body and it, it runs on this software that is based on fight or flight, right? Your Mars has to be there. But it's very challenging to work with our fight or flight instinct. Fear can often take over in situations where it just does not need to be present. Anger can take over in situations where it doesn't need to be present. So Mars is a challenging planet to work with for the vast majority of us, because our survival instinct is a challenging thing to work with. So what we've covered so far are what we call the benefics and the malefics. There's two benefics, two malefics. We just talked about them. The two malefics are the ones that uh, remind us of our death. That's Saturn and it's Mars. Mars reminds us of our death by causing us to constantly be trying to guard against it. Those are difficult planets to work with. They're challenging. The two benefics are Jupiter and Venus, the planets of joy and infinity and of earthly pleasure. Um, Venus represents more than just earthly pleasure, by the way, but the other forms of Venus are a little harder to talk about. So that's the easiest way to understand it when it comes to looking at your chart. So those are our benefics and malefics. Let's now move on to Mercury. Mercury is the part of you that thinks and communicates. It's the part of you that makes meaning out of your experience. So it is very useful to understand the sign of your Mercury because that helps you understand how you think and communicate, the style in which you think and communicate. And you can then compare that to the signs of other people's Mercuries who you might communicate with regularly and get a sense of the difference between how you make meaning and how another person makes meaning and how you might come together in the way that you are making meaning. Very useful to know your Mercury sign. Highly recommend right after your moon sign, which is what we're getting to next. The moon represents the part of you that is emotionally regulating and nourishing you. So that nourishment can be both physical and emotional, but the moon is how you take in the nutrients that you need in this life. And it also represents just kind of who you are on a day-to-day basis. The people you live with are most likely to identify you with the characteristics and traits of your moon sign as opposed to the other parts of your chart generally. So the part of you that nurtures and cares for you is your moon. And finally, the part of you 
that is the animating spirit of your life, kind of the reason you've incarnated in this lifetime, is your sun sign. So the sun sign is what we normally are identifying when we're familiar with pop culture astrology. Um, It is definitely really important in your chart if you're working in a Western astrology model, but it is not nearly as definitively your personality as we often believe when we grow up with pop culture astrology. It's um it's something that sometimes you end up growing into during your life or sometimes it's very emphasized already in your chart and you already have an identification with it. But what it really is in western astrology is the the spirit that animated you into being, the thing that brought you here, the thing that you're doing here. That's what your sun sign is. Okay, so quick review of the parts of you that you can find in your chart with the seven traditional bodies of astrology. The part of you that knows you are mortal is Saturn. The part of you that knows you are infinite is Jupiter. The part of you that wants you to deeply enjoy being in a mortal body is Venus. The part of you that wants to protect your mortal body is Mars. The part of you that makes meaning out of your existence and defines how you think and communicate is Mercury. The part of you that nurtures your spirit and body is the moon. And the part of you that is the animating spirit of this incarnation of your existence is the sun. So how do we bring this all together? How can you work with your birth chart to develop a sense of your authentic self? Well, as you start to contemplate and understand your chart, piece by piece, you will begin to understand yourself like a piece of music. There are many instruments playing parts in this piece of music. You'll find your challenges and you'll find your gifts. Some parts will be easy to play and some parts will be hard to play. But the intricate beauty of the composition will be undeniable. This is a way to come into contact with your divinity, with an image of yourself in your perfection. And that's what we're doing in this season of the podcast. I'll be taking you through each of the planets we discussed today in a lot more detail, discussing how to work with them and understand them and see them in your own chart. I'll also be telling you about a few extra pieces. We're definitely going to talk about your nodal axis, which is a really helpful way to balance. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff that's helpful in studying your chart. And I'll also be covering the topics that I know are really essential to using your chart to enhance your love for yourself, thereby making your life more and more and more of what you want. So if that sounds good to you, I'll be offering a lot of supplementary help and extra tools through this season to help you work with your chart. And if you'd like to receive those, you should go ahead and go to my news, (laughs) go ahead and go to my website and sign up for my newsletter. It's trueselfastrology.com. And the newsletter thing will pop up and you can sign up for the newsletter and make sure you're set to receive all of those good extra things that we're going to be offering. 
All right, that is it for this week's episode. I hope you're taking away something really helpful. And if you found this valuable, I would love for you to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. You can also leave us a five-star review to just help us get the word out about the weird and wonderful ways you can love yourself better and live a more fulfilling life with astrology. See you next week.